For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome to T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio. This is your host, Rosalind Jordan Mills. Sorry, I got a little choked up there for a second. The show must go on. <laughs> so tonight, uh, it's going to be a good show. Um, it's going to be a one-on-one, but you know what? Uh, I have a few callers that's going to be calling in. But uh, my guest that I was going to have on, Jeff Mahoney, who's the record producer, he'll be on later on in the show. But uh, I'm sorry, he'll be on later at a different show time. But we'll go ahead and get it started, okay? But uh, you know how I always like to do? I always like to mention T25CL. Galaxy Talk Radio, we are a show that we want to continue to uh, bring the best of entertainment, music, our shows, everything, okay? So, look, tonight, as I always say, T25CL is an innovative company where we do global distribution for pay-per-view, uh, uh, pay-per-view distrib- global distribution for independent artists. And so what we want to do is just continue to support independent music. Okay, throughout the world. And if you are an independent artist, you want to get your music out there on a global platform scale, T25CL is the avenue for you. All righty, very good. So look, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, my show, uh, since we had to preempt my last guest, uh, of course, you know, I'm going to find something uh, to to talk about, okay? Um, But what we're going to do is my topic tonight is going to be about the Oscars and what's going on with the Oscars. Now, see, I can, as long as I can remember, I have always watched the Emmys, the Oscars, um, all those award shows that would come on uh, every year, you know, we make it like a big thing, you know, because you see such grand scale of great entertainment and, and great actors and, you know, everything that's going on. <clears throat> but when you think about what's really, really going on behind the scenes with the Oscars, it makes you sit back and say, hmm, what is really going on in Hollywood? Somebody tell me what's going on. There was a topic that um, the guest, I'm sorry, the, the Academy uh, uh, President, Cheryl Boone Isaacs, and her statement says that this is a difficult but important conversation, and it's time for big changes. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science, which dispenses the Oscars, acknowledged that on Monday, that the group is heartbroken over the lack of diversity among this year's acting nominees and pledges to make big changes. Now, I think we heard that last year. We want to know what's going on this year. 
I am both heartbroken and frustrated about the lack of inclusion. And this is a difficult but important conversation, but it's important for the big changes to take place. And this is what Ms. Isaac had said. So the statement came on Martin Luther King Jr. birthday, coincidental, everybody, as the nation remembered its commitment to civil rights and the path forged by the visionary leader himself. Uh, we have to read on because even Spike Lee, Tyrese, uh, uh, Jada, uh, um, Jada uh, Pickett-Smith, uh, a number of individuals. Quincy Jones had his say in what's going on with the Oscars. So now, ladies and gentlemen, I have the board open. I'm going to open it up because there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to hone in on this because it not only affects the music industry, but when you talk about film. And the phenomenal actors, black actors, Latino actors out there that are not being recognized by the Oscars, okay, there's a change that needs to be made. And so I've got a guest that's going to come on. I hope this is uh, my friend, Orlando. Uh, Matt, who's this? Who's calling in, first of all? Orlando Johnson from Oakland, California. Oh, right, Orlando. How are you, my brother? Great in yourself. How you doing? Nice topic tonight. Yes, yes. And yes. I, I'm getting ready to open up the line because I want to hear from everybody, especially from my brothers and sisters of color. And if we do yes. have some uh, Caucasians that want to call in and weigh in on this topic, I am more than open to have you just call in because this yes. is heavy. I mean, Hollywood has come under fire for the second year in a row for failing to nominate a single actor of color in any of the Academy Awards categories. And so uh, on Monday, uh, Director Spike Lee announced that he would not even attend. Him and his wife were not even going to attend what he called the Lily White Oscars while leading entertainment figures such as Jada Pickett-Smith and straight out of Compton producer and Oscar voter, Will Packer, they criticized the, 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 the persistent status, the status quo that's going on in Hollywood today. So let me ask you, what, what is your take on it, uh, Orlando? My take of it is I believe it's not a difficult subject, but I believe as most folks know that 94% of the Oscars is Caucasian folks, 77% is white males, only 2% of African Americans and less than 2% are Latinos. So I believe that the case and the issue is the only way you can get nominated at least is someone is a member of the Oscars. I don't think it has nothing to do with race. I just think that this new culture that we have, when we have African Americans mixed with white, uh, Mexicans mixed with blacks. So when we say African-Americans are black, I think it's a broader statement. I believe we should come with a common solution when folks play the race card game. And for right. Spike Lee, mm -hmm. right, so for Spike Lee and Jada Pickens and, you know, people that's in the industry, come with a common solution for young African-American males who don't understand 
the process? And what did it take for some of our Denzel Washington to get his Oscar? You know, the high-profile people. Was it a racist thing then, or why is this such a racism thing now? So my overall take is let's come up with a common ground with a common solution so we can have dialogue with a solution. But if we don't put a solution, when our grandkids get a whiff of this, it's still going to be the same or without a solution. So as Dr. Mm. Martin Luther King said, he had a dream that we all can come together, whites, blacks, everyone. So let's come together on this issue. And I know other callers coming in got solutions, but I think this topic should have solutions. Every caller should have a solution to where they feel is something negative or educate us on a situation that we really don't know about. Exactly. Well, let, let me let me share this because you know there's so yes. there has been so much going on um, within the industry itself, and I yes. know that even with Denzel, you mentioned uh, Denzel Washington. You know yes. that at this time they're trying to even take him out of the picture. You know why? Wow. Because of no. the, because of, because the the uh, so-called shirts that control mm. everything up in that room. I mean, do mm-hmm. I have Miss Buna Isaac, who is the president yes. of, of, the, of the academy? But those controlling entities that's up there in that room that pulls all the puppet strings stated this about Denzel, that mm. he is no longer the it guy now. He doesn't have... Mm notoriety anymore. He has lost his luster. He's is lackluster now uh, within mm-hmm. the entertainment industry. I don't know anyone who's bigger than Denzel. Mm. I, 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 Denzel I agree. If you would put him in any movie, I mean, you, do you know yeah. his, the movie Equalizer that they mm. didn't want him even to be in that movie? They wanted to put a white wow. man in that, in that position. But they yes. put him anyway, and that movie blew up. I mean, Equalizer, I mean, that thing, you know, it's crazy. But right, because the talent of this man. So, right. so how can these, these people in these, these shirts that's up there controlling and pulling the puppet string, how is that right. happening with this black woman who is the president of the academy? What's going on? This is what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grasp a hold on. Yeah, but I think that, as they say in the Oscars, only the director who put out a couple good hits and been in the game for 10 years that no other actor can walk on to get nominated for that Oscar. So, you know, it goes back to the, the conspiracy theory. It's like, okay, if you're a great actor, is you sleeping in a director's chair? Mm. You know? So when we come to Hollywood and understand their culture and their ways, if you don't fit their culture and their ways, you're not going to be a part. But by putting an African-American woman up there, that's going to go through more racism than the law allows. And the number one question is, where did she come from? Oh, Which come school she went to? What elementary? What hood she from? Where her parents come from? So to say that this broader statement that she's going to come be another Barack Obama and save everybody, we know the president don't run it, the secretary of state. So in our case, who's, who's running her line? Who's giving her her information? 
who's feeding her media scripts to give out to the public. And just because we have a woman running president and this is the era of the independent woman, no disrespect, but it's just a fact, how can she speak for all of us in the brawl? Has she ate top ramen noodles? Does she come mm-hmm. for us? Was mm-hmm. she involved in independent Sundance films, independent black films? Has she ever came to San Francisco and seen the film festival and, you know, good things that goes on with creative people just all over, L.A., everywhere. But mm-hmm. in that case, I believe it's just another mockery for black folks to slander their own folks. And like I said, again, not come up with a common solution. The lady might got so many terrorist threats about her. She might got so many death threats. She got so much defamation in the character. So I believe the system shows that when it comes to our 2%, Look how we react on our 2% when they trying to give out the word. So we shouldn't look for the messenger. We should listen to the message. No one is better than no Yes, yes. Okay, we have a caller from Northwest California. Caller, give us your name. Where are you calling in from? Caller, you there? All right. Maybe they're just missing. That's okay. That's all right. We got a caller calling in on from New York. Caller, give us your name. Where are you calling in from? Hi, my name is Lisa, calling from New York. Hello, my faithful caller. How are you, Lisa? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, it's been a heavy, heavy topic. When we think about, you know, when we think about the the struggles that we're going through, and I know, you know, there are struggles so far greater than just the Academy Awards, because I looked at the video by Janet Herbert. Hubert, mm-hmm. who was talking about uh, talking about Jada needs to just sit back and just you know hey you already made your millions um, it's just mm-hmm. the Oscars but there are so many people who who read who are reading a little bit more into this and and if anybody's got the TV on or any noise in the background if you could just mute your phone or maybe get in a quiet area that'd be great uh, but give me your opinion on this Lisa what do you think. Well, I definitely kind of understand both sides. Like, it is kind of upsetting to not have at least a a nod for a black actor or actress for the Oscar. But at the same time, the Oscars have been historically white. And I do kind of agree with, you know, not, not trying to force ourselves upon them, maybe trying to get our own thing. You know, I've been seeing a lot of that going around on social media. And a lot of people are giving Jada backlash, saying that, you know, now that her husband wasn't chosen, she's sort of picking to choose this battle because it pertains to her, but she's absent when it comes to Eric Gardner and Trayvon Martin and the, you know, Black Lives Matter movement. So I kind of understand both sides. So, But I'm really leaning more towards we should just boycott and, you know, that's not for us. Obviously, we shouldn't try to be somewhere we're not wanted. But do you think that because, you know, you think about the the Oscars and what it represents, it represents the most talented actors, films, writers, producers in the film industry. Right. So it it seems like they're saying that the, the, uh, you know, people of color, are not worthy of this um, award, this notoriety. 
And I think that's where um, it, it, it's coming from because, like, Miss uh, um, Boone Isaac, the backlash has placed her, who she's African-American, she's in a most uncomfortable position. Uh, but, however, she said she, she, said she, she, she pledges that the group uh, is going to be addressing the problems. But, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure, and I should have did my background on how long has she been the president of the Academy Awards. So I'm wondering how long has been her struggle with this effort to get people of color, you know, notarized, you know, and in the place where they should be. But, like, the Academy is taking, like they said, the Academy is taking some dramatic steps to alter the makeup of their membership. And that's another thing. What, what does it take to be a member of the Academy Awards? Um, and they said, like, in the, the coming days and the weeks, they're going to, you know, conduct a review of their membership recruitment in order to bring about, you know, some much-needed diversity in the 2016 class and beyond. They want to take it beyond. But I, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, okay, okay so, so what has to take place? What are they going – what – um, procedures are they going to do to to make this happen? Um, um, what do you think, uh, um, Orlando? What do you think about that? Uh oh, Orlando, did we lose you? Uh oh. Uh, yeah, could you hear me fine. now? Oh, uh, there you could are. Could you hear me okay. now? Uh, yeah, okay, I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay, so for the listeners that's out there, I have a different type of understanding. I'm an African American male from Oakland, California. I've been in group homes, county jail, CUA, penitentiary, two striker, five kids, four grandkids. I ran for mayor of Oakland twice. I'm one of the founders of the Oakland Green Party, and I'm the secretary of the local currency for the city of Oakland. I'm uh, 42 years old with a high school diploma. So the, 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 the thing of it is, is when us as African-Americans have an issue all our conversations become dialogue, and once the dialogue is out there, you have these folks in, in office writing policies, legislations, and writing bills that's going to tie up to the academy. So basically what they're doing is using social media as a pilot program. Which side of the country feel like this? What other side feel like this? Now we can do the genographics. Now we can get the, the ethnic your name, your race, your age, and whatnot. And then uh, what the academy is going to do is come up with a nice policy. So while we boycott, to me, like I said, being in politics, I was also a campaign manager too, we give them so much energy and feel that we never have a battle to stand on. So I feel that us with collective minds, let's come up with a policy, adapt our own, Oscar Awards. Let's see what's their board, what's the format, what do we got to have aligned with the Library of Congress, how can we help these folks push the agenda, but we got all the brilliant minds to do it. Money is not the issue. If you got a 100,000 black individuals or just people in general that love this subject and everybody put in $100 for one month, Look how much money you can have to push this to the high courts to make sure this in law. But long as we, if we don't have nothing in law, nothing in policy from a city level, from a state level, we just have a number of dialogue. So to sum it up, 
when a police officer kills someone, it's never the police department. It's the union. The union write an arbitration law with the city that states that we're going to give a pot of money and none of our officers will never get tried for a case of murder. So that's on a city level. So when all these shootings go on and people around the police department, the union made the deal. People don't even know how to negotiate with the union. So on this issue, we need to come up with a comprehensive solution. If we can't come up with a comprehensive solution, trust me, we're going to be riding the same boat again. But with the technology and the new violence of young folk, they're going to push the agenda and they're going to lock us off the door, period. Mm, and that's, that's just from my personal experience. But that's key. That's key right there because that even ties in with this because there was a statement made that it said that the Academy Awards is not where the real battle is. And this is what Spike Lee said. He says right. it's in the executive office of the Hollywood studios and that's TV right. and cable networks, and this is where the yeah. gatekeepers, gatekeepers mm-hmm. are in your union where that, right. that decides what goes or what gets made and what gets um, 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 just shut out the door uh, or, to, or, to, or turned around or, or, just, or, or just scrapped in and put in scrap heat. And this is what's important, the gatekeepers, those with the green light vote. That is so key, even when you were just speaking right now, Orlando. It's the gatekeepers. It's the gatekeepers that lets um, the the power come in or go out, uh, that the vote comes in or goes out. Um, what gets scratched, what gets thrown aside, um, legislatures, laws that's being made, decisions that's being made, it's by the gatekeepers. Okay, we've got a caller calling in from New Jersey. Caller, give us your name and where you're calling in from. Oh, yes, hi, this is Alex. Hi, Alan. from New Jersey. Good, good to have you on, my faithful caller. Huh? I, you hear what's going on to, tonight? And, and give oh, yeah. you because there's always, there's always, you know, there's always two sides to the coin. So right. give me your view. What do you feel about this matter? Well, I mean, when I first heard about it, I thought about um, what is, um, you know, I it was very embarrassing because you say, you see that, you know they don't they didn't choose any of us but then i took myself back and i thought well what is it that we will gain from winning an oscar and why is it so important to us right and mm-hmm. um for for the celebrity i think it's the status that it brings i don't know if there's a monetary gain from it so if there's a monetary gain and they're holding us um uh holding us away from that monetary gain then i could understand it but if it's just a status thing, we, I think, as a, the celebrities, have enough collective money and power to be able to start their own thing, you know, or even enhance some of the award shows we have. We shouldn't give power to the award show if it's not reflected our, uh, our art. Because, I mean, there's a lot of talented black artists out there, and, and, and they can break off and do their own thing and make them, you know, make it make it uh, just like an Oscar. So we don't really need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. I, I, Zach, go ahead, go ahead, Orlando. I agree because there's a lot of award shows that goes on in the Bay Area. They had the uh, Urban Awards that goes on. They had the Black Awards goes on. 
they have so many real, I mean, great events going on locally that 94, like I say, 94% of those folks in the neighborhoods never watch those movies. They've never seen them. So it's like, how can I be mad at a system that is just as old as just a system? How is it going to affect my daily day life? If I mm-hmm. see something negative, how can I help my neighbor? How can I have a talk show like this? So we put solutions, like I keep saying, we put solutions to where the issues that it's going, to, it's going to make a great point because that's where the conspiracy theories come in at. Hollywood is satanic. It's part of these secret cults and all these rituals. You speak on the subject, you get up. They don't wind up Xing you out and so forth. Who want to speak out? It's like, why come up with a systematic game? And like I say again, enjoy the things that we have in the neighborhood. But the realistic of it is the black population is thin. We so short every year by the by they said by two thousand fifty, we're gonna be like a hundred thousand short. Hundred thousand mm. folks that's actually gonna be here because everybody is interracial, interracial diversity. When you say diversity you being you mean interracial. So you bring a lot of diversity, you have a lot of people that's breeding. So like I say, when we're talking about black subjects and issues, well, my cousin white, but her daddy black. And black folks are somebody they don't like white people. You know, it, it's, 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 I think it's a certain dialogue that we discuss, especially when we have young children out there. So if my mama talking about it, daddy talking about forget the white people and, and all this, but at the same time, they're going to work for the white man. They're getting mm-hmm. government assistance from the white man. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. let's not use the racial barrier because they're not even white. They can be Italian. They can be French. They can be Spanish. So when we talk about the Latino culture, where they from? Guatemala, El Salvador, Puerto Rico, from here. How's the Asian? He's from Cambodia, Vietnamese, Lao. So us as a small pocket of, say, 7%, we function with another 50 or 60%. Now they have the image of us as like, we no good anyway. We have all this intelligence and all this intellect. And the only thing we have to do is try to disenfranchise someone and not empower the situation. Mm, very good. Lisa, what, what's your take on that, on that view? Is Lisa there? Okay, maybe she's on. That's okay. She's on mute. But I, what I wanted to do, I wanted to um, get this call. There's a caller calling from Northern California. Are you there, caller? Uh, yes, this is... Uh... Reverend Dr. Ninana Kwaku, uh, who's going to have, uh, will, will be with uh, T225CL starting February the 4th with our own show, Soul Vibrations, myself with uh, Brother Corey Jeffries. And oh, we're gonna, awesome. And so we're awesome. going we to, we're going to be dealing with a lot of these issues around race and and politics and what we need to do as a group. And right. and the fact that people are mixed up, uh, it, it cannot stop us from trying to return to the source of our Africanity. Because if you go back in history and you really start to study, everybody comes from the same place. But for whatever reason, they separate, separate us out, out by color. And if you really, when you, if you ever read, there's a book out called Destruction of Black Civilization. 
by Chancellor Williams. And he talks yes. about the, the whole uh, Kemet, which we know it as Kemet. They refer to it as Egypt. Well, there is yes. no such people as an Egyptian. These people are mulattoes. Yes. Their folks wow. were African. You understand what I'm wow. saying? And wow. Yes, yes. And if, if you study his book, you will find that the, how the race was such an important key and always has been. Some of these people, the so-called Egyptians, went back and killed their African parents so nobody could ever associate them with with coming from black. Wow. You know, you know. So we got to understand that. Stop trying to feel, belong somewhere and create your own dynamic. It's just mm. like I talked a while ago about giving Denzel an Oscar. Well, look what they gave him an Oscar for, some gangster movie. It was an all right action movie, but it certainly was not his best work. Yeah. And when they mm-hmm. give African-Americans, the so-called African-Americans, they give them for playing slaves and playing pimps and playing this. What was the movie that uh, uh, Terrence Howard made about the, uh, uh, the pimp movie that became the number one song? Uh, oh, yeah. For a pimp. Yes. It's hard for a pimp, yeah. Yeah, people win Oscars for trash like that. And I'm sure that everybody on here agree that that was not their best work. But they wow. do it just because so they can do this shit tokenism and give the impression that they're being unbiased and unracial in their process of, you know, electing these people or giving these people awards. We have a lot of black Producers, a lot of black uh, writers, uh, a lot of black film uh, producers that can't get their work even seen. So what that means to me personally is that we've got to create a market for ourselves. We got to stop worrying about what Hollywood is doing because Hollywood always has been discriminatory. It's owned and yeah. controlled by the Jews. Mm-hmm. It's always been that way. And now every time we turn around and they don't elect one of us or don't put one of us up there so we can lose, we start screaming about the fact that, well, they're not being just and fair and they're not choosing the best people. They're choosing who they want to choose. And we had better be wise up and start creating our own media market to produce and so our people can show and produce and have their films out there. And we will do the voting on what's the best uh, roles that are being played instead of every once in a while they throw us a bone with this tokenism, you know. So yeah. I, I don't want to pick up your whole show, but you know, racism is alive and well. It's been alive. It and well. is. But it is. It's biblical yes. thing. Yeah. I mean, yes. what was the statement in the Bible where they said that they turned ham was turned black because he sinned right. against his father? Come on, yeah. race has always been here, and they created it. They no, created I, I, it for a reason. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Rev. But see, the real issue, and I think most of us, we can't handle the truth. But see, first, when we call ourselves African Americans, a lot of mm-hmm. people don't know that Africa was named uh, by Seth Lee Afrikanos. He was a Roman general that went over there and fought Hannibal in the 1800s. Hannibal went over and killed himself, so they started naming themselves Africans. So when we came over here in the early in the early times in the 1600s, they couldn't pronounce our name right. So the Spanish first started calling us Negroes. That's where the word right. Negro come in. At. So when we start getting more into the 16th and 1800s and stuff, then we want to start identifying ourselves as African Americans. But during the older folks' time. 
during the 60s and so forth, that's when the, the revolution came, became, we became black. But after the black category went on, we became in from the 80s into the 90s and so forth, then we became niggers. And then with the niggers, they turned it all the way back around, and now they send their swag. So we got like four or five or six different cultures within one that, that's having racism towards ourselves. In, in, in 65, was 19, between 65 and 68, the NAACP came up with the law. If you use the word nigger, that's a racist term. So when we put legal laws and caps and identify by ourselves and knowing that we come from a beautiful country with a land where somebody, we got humanity, we got dignity, but if we keep calling ourselves blacks and putting African-Americans, blacks is only in the hood when you're only making under 25000 That's black. When you're African-American, that means you're making between thirty six to 50000 When you become a sellout or that label, that means you're making 70000 or more. So we have so much racism towards ourselves and killing one another and, and abusing one another psychologically, mentally, verbally. How can we come together and we all separate and divide it? You live in the hood. I live in the flatlands. We, we separate mentally so we can break that systematic mentally that we all work together as one. It don't matter how much money you got or what stuff you want. We're going to all push and have a nice, beloved community enjoy life. But realistic of it is, a millionaire is not going to ride in no area where people make it 20000 or more, but he want to speak on black issues. He don't speak on black issues because he don't consider himself black. He considers himself an African-American. And then to sum it up is that so when it comes to churches and pastors and so forth, the black community watch so much mockery on TV and then you get the African-Americans to be like, well, they just a nonprofit, and they're trying to build their congregation, trying to get a city line, trying to work with the interfaith community. Hopefully they can get a little budget. So you have these different racism tactics. It's forming at us. So if we break them, them psychological change, like he got a church, let's go. Let's support him. Let's get our blessing. Like I say, don't look for the message. Listen to the message. Read the words. Study it. Understand it. But if we can't get that out, our young children's minds, when they're watching it, how can we ever say we're going to come together? It's a fact. We're not. Until we all come together as understanding this different racism and this culture that we're created on ourselves. Well, we let me ask you more this. Power. Yeah, let me, let me ask right. you this. Uh, um, um, because you, you hit on a, um, yeah. you know, a, a subject, quite a few subjects right there. Yeah. Very key points. Very key points. Yeah. Especially when you 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 bring in you know our churches and 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 we have Reverend Al Sharpton and you know no disrespect to this gentleman, but we have him right smack dab in the middle of all this. And right. how is he weighing in on these issues of the of the of the of the, of the film industry with the Oscars? And then with um, um, people of the neighborhood and, and police brutality and, and so many things that's going on, it seems like he, he wants to, now he wants to step into this area. Um, what is your, your take on that, and, and Dr. Duke uh, Kweku? I, I, let me have your opinion on that with, uh, with, the, with, the, with the churches, uh, you know, 
religious leaders getting in the midst of the film industry, um, and I'm, I'm thinking maybe he's not really looking at it from the film industry aspect as, as more so of, um, uh, you know, uh, African-Americans and black people getting their recognition in the film industry. Well, you know, my thing is, is this. All of this just goes back to one place, that racism exists and it was created as, as part of the divisionary stuff to be able to control people. You have to really, to understand racism and, and all the tenets of it, you have to go back to pre-biblical days and, and see where this stuff started. You know, I, I remember reading in, in the Kabbalah, which is one of the these so-called Jews' books, where that they taught that black was evil, it was inhuman, and all these kind of things. This was even pre, pre-biblical days. And the brother was mm-hmm. talking about Africa a few minutes ago. The original calling of that land was Akibolan. Yeah. And Akibolan uh, means the land of the blacks. You know, so they have separated people around geographically around the world according to how they can, they divide us up, they keep the Mexicans fighting against the, the, the blacks and the blacks fighting against the Puerto Ricans and these people are fighting against the Arabs. And so what that really does is it, it, it gives them the impetus to be in control of everything because so we're so busy at each other's throats instead of realizing that we all come from the same group. And man, if you study Alexander the Great, and his father, Philip, they, they had a plan in mind to control the whole world and to have everybody under one umbrella. Well, America, Britain, England, these Germany, these places have finally did it. Where is the, the World Bank at? The World Bank is in England. Guess what? I bet you some of you guys don't even know that your checks are in the bank. Your, our money is in England. You know, you hear people talk about the New World Order. And and, oh, yeah. and they and they talk about us as a third world. If you accept that, just like people accept being Negro, being African American, all this stuff, mm-hmm. we are not no third world. We are first world people. But right. as long as we are operating under the psychology of European education, then we will always find ourselves somehow trying to maneuver and fit into that. You take people like Al Sharpton. And a lot of other people who, I mean, I'm not talking about them that they're bad people. They just have made the adjustment. I am, you ever hear to say, those saying, I'm going to uh, go along so I can get along? Mm-hmm. Yes, they don't want to rock no boat. They, they want to get out there and make that a little bit. You've got preachers out there in our churches that won't tell people the real truth about the biblical text. No, you know why? Because they don't want to mess up that good thing. And the whole thing of it is, is that, you know, we, have a brain. Malcolm X said the greatest thing that we have working for us is a brain. But if when you yeah. allow somebody else to control it through indoctrination, through education, and through racism, then what happens to you? You get destroyed in it. That's why blacks are killing blacks. What was it, a thousand, yeah. a thousand blacks killing other blacks in yeah. Chicago last year? More mm-hmm. blacks are being killed than get killed in the wars. You know, they can right. stop all that, but you got to look at racism. You got to look at the, how this all plays out, and it creates these places where people live like animals and they prey on each other like animals. 
while yeah. they're busy trying to escape and move further and further out. But if you notice one thing about San Francisco and Oakland, since I'm in that geographic, now they are moving all of the black people out. You take like San, San Francisco in 1970 when Nixon was the president was 40% black people. Now it's 4.5%. They call that gentrification, moving them out, making it, the rents and stuff so high that blacks can't afford to live, so they have to move out in the outer line areas. Go to West Oakland. You know, West, West Oakland was famous for its people. You know, at one time, go to go to West Oakland now, and and you can't afford to live in these places anymore. And so, mm. you understand yeah. what this thing is all about. It is about they move black people around just like they moved the Native Americans around on reservations still in this country. If we live in an area, and all of a sudden they move in and get some money and move us all out. But they did the same thing as the Native American. You watch some old Western movies, and they would uh, give a Native American a space to live, and as soon as they wanted it, they'd come and move them out and move someplace else. Well, still, 2016, they're still doing that to our people here in America. So we had better start to use our brain and wake up. And and I don't care if everybody don't come together. We have a, the conscious have a responsibility to wake up the unconscious. Yeah. Yes, and, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, you are here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio, yeah. uh, here at Roslyn's Corner. Very heavy topic. We're going through it with uh, Dr. Cueco, my brother Orlando. Uh, Lisa, are you still there? And uh, Alex, are you still there, my young, young ladies? Uh, yes, this is Lisa. I'm still here. Okay, Lisa, uh, what is your take on what's been uh, said so far? Um, well, it's definitely informative, and I couldn't have agree more. I definitely like what um, Orlando was saying and us learning a little bit more about our history to be able to kind of grapple with these things before we can even dialogue with each other to sort of move forward with a plan, a comprehensive sort of plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you, Alex? Uh, Yes, um, it's a very heavy topic. and uh, just back to your the original uh, topic of your show, um, it's a celebrity's fight, right? And it is it's it's just another portion of what we're currently going through. I think that um, just from my take is um, it's just history rearing its ugly head. Um, we kind of back in the '60s during the civil rights movement, it was quelled, and because we got certain freedoms, I think that we didn't keep pressing. We thought the fight was over, and it was quelled for a while, and now I think that it's just rearing its ugly head, and we got to learn our lesson now and uh, first try to work out, like Orlando said, the the disconnect between us as a a race of people and then um, try to work on uh, making a better future for ourselves because if we depend on uh, the other, uh, we'll never get there. And, you know, that's, that's something key because, you know, the, the, the key statement that is being made here is what we need to do. We have to do this or we have to do this. And how many hundreds of years have we made this statement? Like Dr. Quaker was saying, you know, the, the individuals are, are African, our black brothers and sisters in Chicago. Yeah. 
are killing one another. Nationwide, we're killing one another, black-on-black crime. Not that there ain't no white-on-white crime and and Latino-on-Latino crime, because we know that there is. But right now, when we're dealing with this issue here and we talk about it, when is it going to happen? I mean, you can think about it until you're purple or green or whatever you are in the face. When, what will it take? What will it take for us as a people to say enough is enough? Let's come together. Put down the blue and red rags. Put down the purple and green rags, whatever you've got, and let's come together as a people and, and put some resolutions into place. What do you think about that? Uh, Orlando, you go ahead and down there, Dr. I think, yeah. I, the reason why I speak so passionate about this because this is something that I experienced. Like I say, I was born and raised in Oakland. I went to jail when I was 12 years old. I did 11 years and two months in the California Youth Authority, city jail, county jail, two and a half years in prison, understanding the streets. So when I decided to make a change for my city in Oakland, I ran for mayor the first time. Uh, A guy by the name of Chauncey Bailey, rest in peace, he wrote my article, I was going to run for mayor of Oakland. So... I experienced the black the, the backslash of racism from older black folks, individuals who didn't want a pretty much system to be tampered with. I'm comfortable. I make enough money. This is good. My family good. My status quo is good. I don't I don't like that. So I experienced that the first time. I couldn't run for mayor of Oakland. Mr. Ron Dellums was running for mayor of Oakland at the time, and it was a Hispanic guy by the name of Dela Fuente was running for mayor. And, the, and blacks were so angry that I was running for mayor that said if I split the votes and Delavis don't win, I had death threats. So I understand from a deep level of politics and coming with solutions when it comes to African American. I decided to run for mayor of Oakland again on a different platform because I understood the system. And my platform was an Oakland, Oakland local currency with a municipal ID card that we can have our own money in Oakland, all the money is staying in Oakland, and the budget will be broke down 50-50. So if the police department get half of the budget, half of the money will go in local currency, half of the money uh, get paid in regular. The money staying here get reward points, discounts. Uh, a lot of African Americans didn't like that. A lot of folks didn't understand what I was doing. I was at a mayor's forum. I'm running for mayor. 300-some people in there. African American lady came up to came up to me and called me a sellout because I decided to jump out the mayor's race because I understand the system more. And on February first, two thousand twelve, we was the first city in the nation to ever get a municipal ID debit card in the city of Oakland. So I understand by putting your life on the line and understanding God got your back. It ain't nothing against you. You can do whatever you need to do. I experienced that. So when we came to sitting at the table with meetings and understanding how blacks are categorized and how they're set, so when I jumped off the mayor's race to sum it up, I became a campaign manager. So that means I can understand every city and have individual contact with individuals. So I understand how the system works. So when people say government, when they make broader statements, you are not talking about what department or what individual. 
So when it came to African Americans and blacks, and I'm part of a group called Black Alliance for Just Immigrants, where Africans come over here who don't never want to be labeled black. They want to be called Nigerians, Kenyans, Sudanese, wherever they're from. They want to be called that. They don't want to be socialized with us. So if you look at the percentage of enduring these different type of racism and people coming together, is that when you tell someone they have to change their lifestyle, is they're willing to hear the truth from something that you're experiencing. They don't want to hear people ain't going to change. You tell people, well, stop selling drugs. They're like, well, you're going to pay my rent? You're going to pay my mm-hmm. bills? So mm-hmm. we have comprehensive solution what we do in Oakland. So when the currency takes its full effect, it, people won't have to worry about money because money don't exist. It's a way of bartering. If we can barter and do things, we can come together. That's why churches are so prominent just for, you know, the African-American people that was born in America that came, you know, ancestors and so forth. That was our safe haven to come, to congregate, to come together, to to know there's one God and we can get spiritually balanced. So until we can bring spirituality and meditating and yoga practicing, and like I say, not mentally abusing, anytime you see someone shake their hand, how you doing? Greet, meet someone. But our people can't do that because the system designed it. You cannot stop the entertainment industry because there's too much money at the state. People making millions and billions. So if you come in and say, we're going to come to a solution, you're going to stop doing videos of girls shaking their butt and they're doing all that, somebody's going to try to kill you because you're playing with their money. So mm-hmm. if you come up with a solution, they'll be like, look, y'all do that. But on this part, just give us this little part and we're going to put it in the law. We don't have no effect that nothing was going on with y'all. We just want to have this piece going on. But like well, I say, at the end of the day, who's going to speak up? Yes, yes. And uh, there's a statement that Dr. Dr. King had said. It said. He said that there comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe, nor political, nor popular. But he must take it because conscience tells him it's right to do so. Until we take the position that we know it ain't safe, we know it's not politically correct, we know it's not popular, but we have to do something. And that's what's key. That's what really uh, uh, might say irks a lot of people because why, why is there no mentors or people in our arena that we can really look up to who are really taking the stand to say, people, let's come together, stop the nonsense, and let's get our heads together and do it right. And I think um, we seem to be so far away from that analogy that it's just, um, it's just incomprehensible that we can't, can't reach that point. So what do you think about that, Dr. Quaco? Well, you know, what you were just saying about we have to take the position, and I heard somebody else say earlier that uh, how are we going to come together? I think you you have to start out from you from as an individual to decide yeah. which direction you're going to go. It doesn't matter which way the world goes. You know, it's just like a man and a woman in a household. And I, I counsel women and men and women families every day. And I tell them, the main things I tell them, 
you cannot change another person. Uh-uh. That person will change when they see the light. The same way that you, your eyes was opened up, theirs will get opened at some point in time, hopefully. And so you don't try to change people's mind, and you don't say, well, we got to have all these people together. Uh, T25CL, that's what it's all about, re-education. But we have to do it in spite of the fact that you may get. We started programs like this back in the 60s. And guess what? Because we were talking about, you know, doing for self, black people creating their own markets, black people having their own banks, black people having their own insurance companies. Guess what? The media came out and labeled us. And, and, and you know, the thing about this regular media is they want to destroy you, but what they do in the process is they turn your own people against you. Exactly. You know, so we have to understand that we are in a war, but you can't be bitter about it and you can't be running around trying to appease people uh, uh, because people disagree with you. You, there's an old African proverb states that it is a sin to have knowledge and don't share it with your brother. But you don't force it on your brother. You wait till your brother asks for it. Mm-hmm. You understand? So we ain't trying to change people. I'm trying to change me to be the best person that I can be. And then mm-hmm. I will, if somebody comes to me and says, well, Dr. Kweku, can you help me here? Can, I'm going to step out there full force to do that. But you cannot wait on we and them, because our people are one of the most mixed-up groups on the planet. <laughs> I mean, you got people running around. I go in sometimes and I ask people, you know, um, who are you and where did you get your name from? They start, and, you know, if you ask them what their nationality is, and they'll tell you, well, I'm part Irish, I'm part this, I'm part that. And I'll be thinking in my mind, and you're all crazy, because <laughs> the, the man looks at us, he sees one thing. Yeah, I don't right. care if you are a little lighter than I am. Uh, yeah, this right. was a little talking about. He seen one thing. He mm-hmm. perpetuated an idea in the early part of this country that we were animals. We were three quarters human. So mm-hmm. he's not out here trying to disseminate which one of you is part this or part that. We all have a common objective that we should be working toward. Unfortunately, a lot of people's eyes are not open yet. But that doesn't mean that we stop trying to educate, because I have long advocated that, that if you look at the Asian people, you go down to Chinatown, they send their kids to public school, but when they get back to the community, they have to go to their own school too. Mm-hmm. They don't ever want them to lose touch with who they are. The foundation of who you are is where you come from. If you don't know where you come from, how are you going to know? You know, kind of weed through this year. Maze, and you don't know. I have no foundation. If you don't know where you come from, it's like a house without a foundation. You're gonna fall for anything. You're gonna be involved in all kinds of things. You're gonna be confused. You're gonna be going through all of these motions, trying to figure out who you are. And I always said the worst thing that could happen to me as a human being that one day that they're gonna lay me to rest, that I'm gonna leave this world, and uh, what would I want to be my uh, what would I want them to say on my grave or my tombstone? That he mm-hmm. did the very best he can. He kept. He did it his way, and it may not have been popular, and a whole lot of people didn't agree with it. But it was my way. I was at peace with it, and you know. And I, so I try to get up in the morning, 
the work that I do, I do it because it makes me feel good in spite of the fact I'm going to get paid. Mm-hmm. If it didn't make me feel good, I wouldn't do it. Because the worst thing you've ever seen is a man and a woman on a job working, and they're miserable at what they do, even though they're getting big checks. We have a lot of people who are well off, $100,000 a year, $150,000, $200,000 a year. But you go in their homes and they are they're miserable. miserable. Miserable, yeah. You get calls like that all the time. So money is not the issue. If you mm-hmm. look at the Native Americans on some of the reservations, these people get, some of them get twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month to live on. Drugs, alcohol is rapid. Sometimes they don't have enough money to last at the end of the month when they give them all that money. That's why a lot of people are against reparations. You can't just go out and give a bunch of people money if they don't have any skill or what the, how to make money work for them. Native Americans are locked out of American society. They're still on reservations. They don't have a right to vote in their own country. And somehow we as African descendants think that somehow the people who degraded us is going to one day turn over a new leaf and say, you know, we did those people wrong. We should treat them right. Mm. They didn't do it to the Native American. Every group that's been here has been paid except for Africans. The Native Americans, the Japanese went into the internment camps during the war. The Germans have, I mean, the Jews have got paid by the Germans. Every group on this planet that have been abused by the people in power, they came back and tried to make restitution except for our people. And the reason we can't, we don't have, we can't come together enough to apply the pressure in the right places. And they know that. And that's why they keep saying no. So the time mm-hmm. is, is we can't we can no longer make that excuse now. From now on we have to stand firm. I don't care what color you are, if you belong to the African continent or to the Akiba, the land of Akibalot, you had better get behind whatever we're doing because it's gonna have that that effect of everybody will will be incorporated into it at some point in time. But you got to understand that whatever whatever black folks are fighting for, you better support them because everybody on this planet is for fighting for the same thing. Yes, yes, exactly. Ladies and, and gentlemen, you've been here here at T two five C L Galaxy Talk Radio, uh with Dr. Quaco with Orlando. Uh, go ahead, um, Dr. Quaco, did you want to you have a final comment? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, well, just like I said, I just wanted to come on. I'm I'm, I'm happy to be a part of uh, uh, T25CL.org uh, radio. It's it's a it's it's a great opportunity. You know, with my my co-host, uh, brother Corey Jeffries, mm-hmm. because the reason we came on is because we wanted to find a vehicle. And, you know, I do a lot of videos. I put them out on YouTube and all this kind of stuff. I've written three books, uh, one on fatherhood, and I just wrote a, a book called Whiteout, dealing with racism and how it affects every every part of our lives. And so we just wanted to get a vehicle that would allow us to have this dialogue with people like that are calling into the show tonight so that we can sit down and we can talk. We need to start talking to each other and mm-hmm. communicating with each other. And and then we, we'll realize, you know, because I can get some information off of people calling in, 
and they can get some information off me. We can all go back and do our research and come back even better than we were before. And yes, yes. I just want to be a part of it. I'm not interested in being no uh, ring leader. Somebody was talking the other, the other day on the show about Malcolm X and Martin. We need a whole lot of Malcolm X's and a whole lot of Martin's. We need a whole lot of Garvey's. We need a whole lot of people, uh, Harry Tugman's. You know, mm-hmm. we, we can't sit back and wait on a leader. And I think it's in, a, in a lot of ways, uh, a lot of people from here in the talk are sitting back waiting on that to happen. It's your mm-hmm. turn. Mm-hmm. It's your turn to be that leader. Yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Quinko. I really appreciate it. And we can't wait for your show. I'm definitely going to be there. It's going to start February 4th, correct? February 4th. February 4th. February 4th. Yes. 7.30. That's a Thursday night. T25CL yeah. Galaxy Talk Radio at www.t25cl.com. We want everybody to call in and support all our shows, not only mine, but also for um, uh, Straight Talk from the Higher Brush with my sister Barbara McGee, with uh, Lorenzo Elvis Murphy on Compton Politics. And, uh, of course, now with uh, Dr. Quaco and Corey Jeffries. And the name of your show is going to be? It's, got, it's Soul Vibrations. Soul Vibrations. Soul Vibrations. Uh, uh, we had Galaxy Chief. He's just making some comments here. I thought he might come online. But um, um, we want to talk, but can't tell everybody that this is a great show. We must claim our own. So I know uh, he hasn't been... Feeling well, he's been a little bit under the weather, so that's all. That's okay, Chief. You take care of yourself. Um, so, listen, everybody, we've had a great time. I know, Alex, are you still there? Want to have a last comment for tonight's show? Uh, yes, um, I'm looking forward to um, also joining uh, the doctor's show, Soul Vibrations. Um, he's really good um, and very historic uh, education I received tonight, um, and I'm going to echo. In my own words, it starts with one person screaming for everybody else to start screaming. We got to stop being hopeless and start being hopeful. Oh, come on now. There we go. Mighty words of wisdom. All right, Orlando, do you have final words or comments for the show tonight? Yes, I want to say God is good, God is great, always on time and never late. And I want to thank everyone for this educating me also. And uh, I have a phone number. It's a voicemail number. It goes to my Gmail. It's uh, 510-907-9910. And my email is N as in no, O as in one, I as in it, B as in better, T as in Dan, N as in no, O as in Orlando at gmail.com. So that's N-O-I-B-T-N-O. It stands for no one is better than no one. Come on now. All right. Very good. Very good. We want free consultants. If you want to get involved in the politics, music, whatever, email me. We can network free of charge. Uh, Educate you. If you're trying to do something in your community, in your city, I can have... you know, direct you in the right direction, contact you with the right people, whatever you're trying to propose or get passed, I support you and endorse you. Very good. Thank you so much Thank for you. joining us tonight, Orlando. I'm looking forward to so many more shows because we've got to start another show with you so you can let us know what's going on because we're going to have some panels 
of some very, very heavy topics that's coming up, political, uh, religious. um, I'm I'm seeing uh, more and more how the churches and the messages that are being brought forth across the pulpit. And then, of course, the political arena. There's so much that can be covered. And I know with Dr. Quaco, um, and like I said, I can't wait for this show to start. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've been here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roslyn's Corner. We want to thank everyone for calling in. We want to um, let you know that this show has been recorded. You can go back and listen to it in another couple hours. And, of course, um, just continue to support all the independent artists. Go to our website at www.t25cl.com and view all the great music that is up there. We do have a radio station that we play 24-7 with all the music, not only of our independent artists, but also of the great artists that are out there in the world today. So we just want to thank everyone for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Quaker. I appreciate it, my brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, sister. Thank you. Glad to be be on the show. Great show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Orlando. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Lisa. And to the whole world, we want to thank you. And so without further ado, we want to tell everyone, everyone out there, be blessed and have a good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.